0: Welcome to Bulls vs. Bears, brought to you by the experts at MPC Markets. This is your weekly deep dive into the heartbeat of the global investment scene. Every episode, we're peeling back the layers of the stock market, exploring the commodities landscape, and navigating the twists and turns of global markets. But that's not all. Our goal is to unmute with cutting-edge insights, actionable strategies, and the latest analysis, so you can make informed decisions and stay one step ahead in your investment journey. Welcome to the Bulls vs. Bears. This is the fifth episode on the 17th of February. So we've had another exciting week in the markets, and um, it's really kicked off on the Australian earnings season. And um, of course, we've got a little bit of special this week. Um, on the fourteenth, it was a Valentine's Day, and Mark, you were on the call for Osbys. How was on? How was the call on that day?
1: Uh, look, it' embarrassing, probably more than anything else. I've got to say, uh, we got really. I got a little bit stitched up there. Um, my wife wasn't particularly impressed me doing a uh, Valentine's Day episode <laughs> with a. Uh, Jessica Amir from Moo Moo. Um I, I, I believe
0: you were referred to as the Ryan Gosling of Ausbees.
1: <laughs> yeah, except without the money, the looks, and the movie <laughs> star status. But, you know, apart from that, I, mean, I think you had a beard once. It's probably about the only thing that's <laughs> we've got in common. Um, but, yeah, no, look, we did a lot of stocks, like, uh, obviously, geared towards um, Valentine's Day, diamonds and wine and chocolates, etc. Uh, LVMH was uh, Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, look, it, because there's really no other business in the world like it. Uh, but the and stock of the day was Combank, which I said was a was a sell. Was some pretty disappointing results there. Yeah. In terms of my in my minds, but the one I, that actually stuck out to me the most was um, ATP, which is Atlas Pearls. Only a seventy mil odd market cap. Um, so really small cap, but. Um, I sort of went down the rabbit hole and you know I looked into the addressable market for pearls and how it all works and things, and it was a really interesting exercise, actually. And, and these guys, are, not only are they getting um, 35% higher prices, realized prices, they've also reduced their costs, and they've also got nearly 20% more um, pearls in the pipeline, basically. So they're wow, yeah. uh, South Sea pearls, which are, the demand's growing quite high, particularly in Asia. Um, it's, yeah it's only 20 cent stock but I've got to say like, it's it's already profitable like you're not having to deal with cap raises like they employ like a thousand staff yeah across and, seven locations. and
0: you were saying that they have a technology to kind of induce more pearl production in the oysters well
1: it's not necessarily a technology I think they're just more they're generally more organized it's not really a, it's not really a um, pearl farming's not really a, a, a business but it's done on scale and mm. these guys have really refined their process um, and they look they're, they're getting anywhere up to four um, cycles out of a pool and that's the maximum mm. for an oyster to, is to go forward but look it was just one of those ones that I, I didn't expect to like and I looked at it and even though it's rallied about probably about 400 percent in the last year wow. I, it looks like it's just got so much more scope to the upside like yeah and, and it's and unlike most small caps, it's not like, it's making great money and improving on top of that. So, look, it, yeah, a bit, bit out of, I never thought I'd say I wanted to buy a listed pearl company, but, you know, it's um, pretty decent scale operation. So.
0: so, a little bit of a hidden gem.
1: Well, yeah, it's a pearler. Pearler. Um, yeah, and then obviously, um, uh, this week I also released an um, uh, article for Livewire um, about the AI boat, um, whether you think you've missed the AI boat, sort of think again, and... Sort of went into some pretty deep comparisons to um, the two thousand and one, and obviously you know one of the what triggered this me writing this article was finding a, an old recommendation for Cisco in nineteen ninety nine, and I swear to God if you just replace Cisco with Nvidia, um, it's almost exactly the same analyst report from twenty four years ago. Like one hundred and ten PE, forward PE of seventy, and it has a unanimous like price. Um, you know, uh, price upgrade and buy recommendations. It's going to be the stalwart. But what actually ended up happening, and you'll be able to read in the article, you just go to livewiremarkets.com, dot um, Is that um, that essentially Cisco since that point is only up two hundred and thirty percent. Yeah. But a bunch of companies that are in the mag seven weren't even invented or went, weren't even established until, until probably two thousand and four through two thousand and ten, and they're like, you know. Tens of some of them are tens of thousands of percent higher.
0: So that's very interesting, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not always the first ones that come out of the gate. And exact you're exactly right. You know some of the companies after the internet boom bust. Yeah. You know, like Google. Um, you know, Facebook um, that came out afterwards. They were the true winners. Um, yeah, I mean, Tesla
1: wasn't listed till twenty ten. Yeah. I Believe so. Um, there was no uh, Netflix. Didn't stream its first movie till two thousand eight. Um it was a, it was it used to send physical DVDs out in the mail, that's how their that business started. Mm-hmm. So like you know, you've got to appreciate a company that can pivot, but Cisco was the and exactly the same as NVIDIA. They made the infrastructure, but they made the initial infrastructure. So I guess the point of the article is is that don't panic, you don't have to chase the market up here at stupid mm-hmm. valuations. Um, and I'm not trying to make a comparison that this is a bubble and it's all gonna blow up. Um, it's not really the point of the article. The point of the article is is that you know the companies that are going to leverage this AI trend. that's going to last years and years and years. Probably even haven't been established yet.
0: Absolutely, I um, think I think you know you, you can see that the later companies in that internet cycle parallel it's like the companies that really transform how society operates so you know like social media amazon these big companies actually transform as opposed to cisco Mm. which is the base but you know it doesn't really change the way that we operate you know back
1: in 99 they were the they everyone was predicting they Mm. would be the the stalwart and they would be the beneficiary for years and as it turned out it wasn't the case so Mm. look just some interesting parallels there that's not all doom and gloom because i'm i'm a and Kai and I have had some, you know, fairly hef- you know heavy discussions on this AI thing. Is that um, I think the AI um, market these they're pricing way too much in too early. Mm. That's where I think the similarity is to the dot com uh, bubble. But I have absolutely no doubt that AI will be as big as the internet, um, on on a, a long term basis. But it's just markets have a just a nasty habit of pricing in. Ten years worth of forward earnings, and then when the earnings reports come out, and the market gets starts to get a little bit disappointed, and there's a rattle and there's a there's a bit of an earthquake in the broader market, these things tend to like turn nasty pretty quickly. Mm. So chasing up here is by far the biggest mistake. Um, you will get another opportunity to buy either something that comes on the scene that's new, or or, or buy a pullback in those established companies, but you know just. The biggest mistake you can make is is trying to get in here because you you might end up freaking out because I mean I think um, I, did, I looked at Amazon it was Amazon rallied fifteen hundred odd percent in the in the um, tech in the in the tech rally uh, the internet rally and then fell ninety percent sat there unprofitable for nearly nine years mm. and is then since up thirty one hundred percent so. <laughs> It's you know you will always get another chance and while it's hard to fight FOMO sometimes you just got to do it.
0: So. so so don't buy into the FOMO. Wait, hold your horses.
1: But um, yeah, we'll move on the highlights of the Aussie market this week. Um, so, Kai, what was what was your? I mean, obviously we've had a fair bit of earnings this week. What was I think about thirty percent or so of the uh, the ASX um, two hundred market mm. cap? What was your highlight for um, for this week?
0: Look, um, you know, there was a couple of um, positive earnings, oh yeah, West Farmers came out and um, they, you know, they're a company that is just always consistent. Um, And again, they've uh, improved on their revenue line as well as keeping their margins. And it's kind of the same story as the reportings from the last half. Kmart kept growing as a segment. Um, And I think that's a testament to the cost of living in Australia where, you know, people are realizing that um, we probably don't need the luxury goods. And why don't we just go buy something that is a bit cheaper but has value? And that's, I think, that's really the the underlying theme that we're seeing with West Farmers. Um, that you know, Kmart's grown by another couple of percent in terms of revenue line. Um, but you know, what's really kind of keeping their, although it's a smaller segment, uh, the chemical um, chemical business where you know they're, they're investing to lithium, that's kind of holding them back. So and there's some
1: ammonia in there as well. That, yeah, that's sort of using fertilizer and things, which yeah, like West Farmers is like a hedge. It's like a hedge fund yeah. these days. It's not. Um, I mean, despite being fifty percent bunnings, mm. um, and they've got a lot of early stage investments. They're sort of become morphing into a bit of a sole pads, really. So,
0: absolutely. And you know, like, but but the the, the main key to take away is they're just they're, they're just solid operators. You know, yeah. they they consistently grow and they just deliver. So yeah, great company.
1: Um yeah, well, look, um, we it was a couple that sort of caught my eye. Ordinate, which is my. You know my great white whale, which I look. I love this company, have loved it for years. Um, we we I bought some, we bought some for clients. And I think first was 2021, we bought about seven dollars. I think we we're out at eleven dollars in like a week, it was ridiculous. Wow. It just went nuts, <laughs> and then we just really held back. And and it got and it, because it wasn't profitable at that stage, it got really hit in uh, that that 20, mid, mid-year 2022 um, sort of crash, and we did buy some down there, but look, we bought it, it was, it, it was scary. Like this thing went from 12 bucks to about 5.50 in a straight line, it was just, <laughs> it was like the scariest roller coaster ever. Not for the
0: faint hearted.
1: <laughs> and, and the mistake we made was, you know, it, it, it bounced back up to nine bucks and when you go through a period like that, you're just so relieved to have made any money at all because the rest of the portfolio is still recovering that we just flatly took profits too early. And, and look, that that's massively on, and I've just been trying to buy it back ever, ever since. And um, and look, it, it, it was already high, it pulled back to $15, um, just like pre-number. And JT and I, who's, um, who's, who isn't here today, but um, we, was, we were discussing we should buy this, we should buy this, and of, of course, earnings come out now to $21. So. Yeah. And it was one of the most hotly talked about companies of the year, uh, over the, the week, um, just because of that great result. I look, I, it'll be one of, in a, in a broader market pullback, it is probably in the top three stocks I'll be buying on a pullback. Um, it's now profitable as well, so I don't think it'll be as scary to the downside this time around. But this is a company that I reckon could be worth 100 bucks in five to ten years. Like They've mm-hmm. got it i think 20 more of their comp- their direct competitors just gave up and adopted their technology yeah huge market year. share i and a moat like they it's just it's a pretty much a monopoly so um fair enough so yeah that one was that one was definitely a um you yeah, know it was definitely one to oh, i mean i was kind of great if you've held it um i was sort of half crying about not being on it again <laughs> um but yeah and then obviously csl as well caught my eye this week they they released, the day before earnings, they released um, uh, a failure to, for a Phase 3 uh, drug trial, which is pretty rare. Like, you get to Phase 3, it doesn't really, um, like, you don't really fail at that point generally. And um, and we're talking about, you know, potentially anywhere up to a billion dollars being spent on that development um, to get it to that point. And that's sort of, it was already back up at $305. I thought it was probably a little bit overcooked. We... We trade the range in CSL quite regularly. Um, it's been two fifty to three hundred for about three years straight now. So we were sort of out prior to earnings, and it's and look, we've been we've been vindicated yet again. It's dropped down to about a three seventy eight low, a two seventy eight low this week, um, and I think you know it'll it will just drift with market sentiment for until its next earnings report. Um, so i i I honestly think we'll probably just get another opportunity to to top it back up at 250 bucks again um so that i think that we've actively traded that range six times in the last three years um and instead of making like six percent inclusive of dividends, um we've made something like 50 percent. just rolling half of that position around Mm. like it's just sensible active management you know the company's really had no it's so big that even good little developments that don't really it's like it's like a drop in the ocean for what CSL's major business is. So, um, but I think I think sometime in the next year or two, it will take that next leg to probably four hundred bucks. And I would say at that point, it'd be that'd be mad not to do a share split because it makes it really hard for retail investors to be involved. Yeah. for Four hundred dollars, um, and then we'll probably get another leg up again. That you know, it's you got to you're still got to make money. It's all fine to buy
0: and hold, but you' still got to make money in the meantime so um. absolutely um, and another market darling uh Prometicus. uh that that was an interesting one because you know it's it's had a stellar run over the last couple of years and you know in terms of the revenue growth it's up 374 percent compared to five years ago so you know everyone in the market loves Prometicus um, basically they they're a radiologist imaging program um, they've incorporated AI into the tools and I was talking with a radiologist friend of mine and I was like hey do you use it he's like yeah it's great you know it's a great tool and it's just provides better service than any other things that are and available they, on the they market. just
1: click the ticket, So yeah. the doctor, obviously if you're paying hundreds of dollars for a doctor, I yeah. don't care if it's an extra buck that goes to ProMedicus for, you know, for the imaging. So, you know, and,
0: and the healthcare so, contracts are sticky, you know, like, oh, like
1: incredibly yeah. sticky. So, but I mean that look, it, it's fallen away from $111 to oh, $87. So, and it, it's a stock that doesn't fall back that much, but that that's the perils of, like, even at this price, it's 110 PE. Like, yes. it's the perils of owning a company with that high valuation. So, you know, as disappointing as I suppose the last two days has been, like, you're only back to where you were at the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not to keep that it, it into
0: context, right? Yeah, but I wonder if it is a buying opportunity here or not. I think, I think there's probably still a bit more correction to go. It's just mm. at the start of it. But you know, like if it get if it really takes off and gets down to like sixty bucks or something like that, you know, you definitely have to have a oh, look at Oh, yeah, absolutely, it's a,
1: Look, it. Yeah. It's, I think it probably depends on the broader market now. Yeah. Um, if the Mag Seven was to turn nasty, I think anything with a PA north of fifty mm. is going to get hurt no matter what. So that's where you just got to be careful. So. I mean, look, dollar average. If you love the stock, dollar average. I will buy a little bit now, buy a little bit in a month, buy a little bit in a month later. Like, That's right. You don't have to do. it. You don't have to try and pick highs and lows. It's like a very difficult. A bit of a fallacy that so you need to. You know, it's, you, sometimes you can just be smart and allocate bits and what's pieces of um, time.
0: What's the old saying? You try to pick a bottom and you get, or you get a yeah, smelly, smelly finger. Smelly
1: finger. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and what about Altium? Why? That's a, that. Take a takeover bid this week.
0: Yeah, fantastic company because. You know, we were actually talking about this last week, right? Um, and basically, we had a look at the um, annual reports um, and the customer clientele that they have is just ridiculous because it's like, name the Mag7. Every single one is on as yeah. a, as a and client. And NASA
1: and like, yeah. Yeah,
0: so basically, they do customised circuit board and the software behind that to design these circuit boards. And, you know, in the age of AI where chips have you know you have the chips to power it these guys are directly there to take advantage of that because it's almost
1: the cad system that designs the chips right? that's right so, yeah that's right but unfortunately someone's bid 68 bucks 50 or something <laughs> for them and they're going to be they're going to be taken off market so um 9.1 billion takeover bid um which you know and and strangely enough i did read an article this week that with that takeover view, people are now speculating that someone's going to do the same to Ordinate as well. Yeah, fair enough. So because they're because they're, I mean obviously pretty similar in terms of it's uh, they're you know very profitable and
0: yeah. If if you were share if you an investor in Altium, would you be happy? Well, it was like a 34 percent premium over market yeah. price. You know, oh, like, look if you look at an Altium chart, yeah.
1: it's probably going to get to where the takeover price is within a <laughs> anyway. That thing don't, knows nothing. It knows only knows how to go up. So. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be probably disappointed. I think you, it's, um, it's one of those things that takeover bid, it's like, you know, anyone who's bought that stock's done well mm. and now you don't get the opportunity to see more upside. So, um, but look, what, what we do generally recommend as a rule of thumb, um, when takeover bids come in, like Ramsey Healthcare last year, got an $88 bid, we, we were a holder, we'd sold half, just immediately because at 85. It was $3 below, but, you know, there's a, a lot of things going to happen before the actual takeover bid comes through. Yeah. Giving away 2.5%, realistically, if it takes three to four months for a bid to go through mm. and it's not a guaranteed bid, you're better off just taking that risk off the table straight away. And then the, it fell through. And mm. uh, Ramsey went back to, like, $55. Wow. So, like, you know, there's... You know, without him, I would actually say it's such a quality business I would not sell because... I think they'll, if there's not a counter bid, hmm. it's probably going to get to 68 bucks anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's not really I I don't think you're ever going to be in too much trouble. But I, I would think there might be a counter bid because let's face it, the semiconductor companies are flush with cash at the moment. Yeah. And they're trading at stupid valuations. Like, why? Like a company like this, it's already got the customers in place like and you the mag seven know they exist they're customers
0: <laughs> every so, single one is every on. every the- <laughs>
1: single one so um so i would i i reckon you probably hang on at the moment i reckon it gets accountability and or at least you'd be like lion town where they just go no we're not we're not accepting hmm. so um yeah i'll probably hang on there and, and look on a completely different note um one of our holdings treasury wine estates this week uh it's part of our portfolios um it, we didn't really expect it to do much this earnings season, um, it, but it, we actually pleasantly surprised. It's US, um, the US market did a lot better so mm-hmm. than, than what analysts expected, and basically we've seen a rally of four or five um, we, percent. We, we we were more buying it and we put it in the portfolios because of that acquisition. Um, over in, in the Napa Valley, and, you know, a couple of the smart things they're doing, and obviously the tariff, the Chinese tariffs... That's right. Well, it's
0: most likely in March that there, people are speculating that the tariffs will get removed.
1: Yeah, so... But they do have a little workaround loophole now where if they add a little bit of local wine to an imported wine, they don't... They're not subject to the tariffs. So, pretty smart thing to do. And now they're in now they're in France, US, China, and Australia, and New Zealand. Um, so it's just a, it's a much better business than what it was when it was just exporting penfolds to um, uh, to china you know and and this acquisition brings their portfolio up to 53% premium wines from 38% and that's where they make that's where wine companies make their money is in those high margin $40, $100 bottles yes. um, so yeah look it's one we're going to stick with um, it depends on whether we get a massive jump on that everyone knows that the chinese Tariffs are going to be uh, uh, very, very likely to be highly likely to be, uh, li- be waived. Yeah. So we won't. We maybe we won't see a bump, <laughs> but we see that that acquisition, one point six odd billion Aussie dollars, mm. um, being really positive going forward. So we're pretty comfortable to have it, and it was just nice to... We would have added to it had it, had it dropped, because it was very much forward looking. Uh, that we're, this is the reason we've got it on. So. Um, um, fair enough. So yeah, we um. On to commodities and FX, to be honest Chinese New Year, <laughs> the world's biggest commodities importer is literally on holidays and um, pretty much apart from crude um, so are all the commodities to be honest. Everything's largely unchanged like the gold high for longer in interest rates um, is after the CPI numbers is pretty much what you know the market's accepting now which is not good for gold. Not good for silver, precious metals generally. Uranium had a bit of a breather. Um, I think
0: the only outlier is probably the cryptos, right? Like with Bitcoins, mm. it's above 52,000 now. Yeah. It it tried, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it tried to test the 40,000, but it seems like, you know, I there's more got, momentum yeah, on the upside. Or yeah.
1: Know, the intraday, but um, yeah, but that was on the back of the, it rallied into the ETF, got got smashed on the ETF, and now yep. it's recovered, and it just sort of happened so fast. Um, and look, I mean, it's up at least six and a half, seven percent this week minimum. Um, and it's, it, there is a halving of Bitcoin, which they've done on a few occasions in the past and has generally led to a pretty intense the, rally afterwards.
0: Yeah, so just to understand a bit more, the the halving is basically where. They reduce the amount of miners get back from the same effort to mine. Yeah.
1: Right?
0: So, yeah, it's, I guess, you know, like if you think about the finite amount of bitcoins that are available uh, to yeah, be, it's to a be price mined. Split, so. Yeah, so you, you'd think that the price of bitcoins would actually go higher.
1: And especially with higher energy prices, those miners are not going to do particularly well. But the, um, yeah, every time they've split it, it's rallied really hard afterwards. So I think mm. people, it's April, um, they're going to do that. So I think there's, People trying to maybe preempt that a little bit. Um, and look, it's crypto, so look, we're not gonna get delve into <laughs> the fundamentals too much because if you really boil it down, it's, it's a lot more about sentiment and belief than it is about fundamentals. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, uh, well, it, the employment, we had employment figures here in Australia this week, Kyle, what, um, what was your takeaway there?
0: It's right. um, a little bit soft on the employment front. There was um, about 22,000 job losses um, and the empo- unemployment rate got up to 4.1%. So, you know, like we're seeing all these economics figures come out now and it's showing that the economy is actually slowing down. Um, you know, retail sales that came out a month ago as well as unemployment. And it's all really pointing to the story that um, basically, you know, there could, be, there could be a bit more pain to come. Um, I think the question really now is, um, you know, what's the RBA going to do? Um, I don't think they're going to cut within the next couple of months, probably maybe in the latter half of the year. Yeah. Um, but it really, it's again, also dependent on inflation because, you know, it will be a tricky situation if the inflation figures stay this high and, um, you know, but we're seeing, we're seeing job losses so that, yeah, it's, it's really but, figure dependent.
1: To give some perspective, 4.1. Mm-hmm.
0: It's still pretty good. It's still
1: incredibly low. Yeah. So economists regard um, uh, anything under 4.5% as basically inefficient for the economy mm. and pushes up wages. So we're not there. We're not there yet. Um, An average unemployment rate's are more like 5, 5.5. So the natural rate. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're a bit typical Australians, you know. We're all little battlers. Like, it's everyone's always whinging um, about, you know, oh, we're doing it tough. Or I mean, we don't know really what tough is in this country. We... We literally hold the world record for a first world country for longest consecutive um, period without recession. So uh, we managed to avoid it in the GFC. I'm pretty sure we're going to be okay now. But uh, I dare say, though, those higher rates um, affect us way more than the US because the US, you get a 30-year mortgage, you're locked in. Mm. Like what the the problem they're having over there is is that people won't move now because they have to refinance at a rate that's like four percent higher. No, oh, I know. If you stay in your house and you got a mortgage four years ago,
0: why would you come off like one percent interest? Yeah,
1: it's not a chance in hell. You is renovate the- definitely. <laughs> so
0: I was talking about it with a mate in the UK, and they've got like thirty year fixed loans. Yeah, it's just insane. Like you, if you had it locked in at that point, and why wouldn't you lock it in that like one point five percent, right? Like. You would never refinance.
1: Well, and then and we have seen with the CBA numbers this week, yeah. it's down to like barely anyone now with a fixed line rate. Yeah. So because you can't really fix more than three or four, three or four years in advance in Australia. Yeah. So, um, and then obviously yeah. there was US CPI this week, which and I've sort of been saying there's always a generally a bit of a second win with inflation. Um, and everyone's been calling, you know, we. We laughed when they said March rate cuts. Um, I comfortably wrote in our 2024 outlook that March rate cuts were stupid. Um, so we went from 100% chance of a rate cut in March to none. And then we went from 100% rate cut chance in May to now 30%, and we've got a lot of analysts pushing them back out to Q3, which, strangely enough, that's exactly what we put in the outlook at the start. Look, like, the market gets so carried away and realistically there's on average 511 days between cycles but like last hike to first cut or last cut to first hike and that's that that puts it somewhere around november december this year mm. and those long-term averages kind of like the economy doesn't move as fast as the market does and the market has got a extraordinarily bad habit basically getting ahead of itself i would say that if the inflation numbers stay up around here, um, and they they'll be re- that that next one percent down to get it back into the band for us. The FOMC, um, that's going to be really difficult. So it's not it's not just going to plummet like from what it did from nine down. So, um, so yeah, look, I, I I hire for longer, and I think at some stage this year we will, you know, these these valuations can't go go keep going to record highs forever. I mean, capital costs these days. So I think the longer we stay higher, you know, I think the market will start to settle back. And we we're we sort of very happy to play defensive for this for this year and just snipe from the sidelines. There'll be periods where there's there's that Goldilocks you can let like the uranium trade we've had on for two or three months, there'll be there'll be more of those little specific moves and we'll yeah. be we'll be agile enough to catch those but Overall, like you just like you know, quick win back to cash is probably the great tactic for the year this year, because the market is running. Market doesn't know where it's going yet, and it's running in opposite directions, back and forth, like a it's you know, yeah, it's seesawing. It's very strange. So so. be
0: be agile and stay stay Be agile, basically. Yeah, I I think this year is definitely
1: the year to be agile. And look, imagine having cash. And the market, like being 20% cash or being in some fixed income and things, and the market gets hammered and you get to go shopping and buy all of the companies. That's a dream. Like ProMedicus or like Ordinate or the ones we talked about today where, and you can buy them cheap. Like, name the last time you can buy cheap. Like, it's... It does. It's it's not a thing in markets these days.
0: It's almost like a once in a three, four yeah. year cycle where where you get the opportunity. Like companies like West Farmers. Yeah, exactly. They're tra- always trading at such a premium, but you know they're good companies. It's just that you'd never get the opportunity to buy them cheap unless yeah. an event comes around at some point. It's
1: the only place in the world where people get upset that that something's on sale. Mm. Like so, but if you've got cash, you're kind of looking at the market. Licking your lips, going yes, I get to you know, and and that can set you up for the next three years, four years, you know, like mm. because you don't have to you don't have to worry, you don't have to go through the stress of watching your portfolio go down. So, um, so yeah, But, but um, that brings us to trade of the week. Um, what have we got? Just one of yours, Kai. Uh, people in. PPE.
0: That's right. You know, this is one of the ones that um, I did on the call for AusBiz a while ago. And it, and it really caught my radar because this, this stock is... The fundamentals is really strong. Um, basically, what they do is an outsource HR for, for firms. So, you know, they do operational services they for like um specialized healthcare services contracting onboarding training so they're, they're really a whole package for hr um but what is incredible is just that, like they've grown year after year and delivered on their results um, but, but you know the markets um the market sold off on um this stock and the valuation is just that incredible i think the p is at like two or something it was it was really low um, yeah
1: and so look and that's again like market gets ahead of itself yeah. like it's a hr company but like we're still everyone goes oh but the unemployment rate's back at 4.1 4.1. mm. well 4.1's still pretty good like yeah it's still hard for companies to get really good quality staff and it you know it's and they're expensive so you've got to choose well so yeah. it um i look it, I mean for the moment we bought it we I don't think we really we sort of bought it earlier in the week um, entry price was I think 132 to 134 um and look it's it's even despite that surprise higher unemployment rate which would normally hurt this stock it still managed to rally probably 2 or 3% um we were expecting earnings today, but we would likely be early in the early next week. I would say they usually report around the sixteenth, um, so I would say maybe Monday or Tuesday. You'll probably hear from those guys. Um, but at this valuation, like they really have to screw up. Like would yeah. have to be something, def- like materially wrong, for mm-hmm. them to, for them to have a like for them not to rally over the back of this. And look, calendar really for next week. Um, you know there is some big companies reporting BHP, um, NAB, uh, Westpac, um, from our portfolios, we've got corporate travel, which I, I think will be probably potentially performer of the week, it's 1.6 billion in, um, it's billion pounds sterling from the British Foreign Office over five years contract, they've got mm-hmm. all of the Australian governments, um, in both federal and state governments travel all sewn up, all this is this will be the first report they've had where those actual um contracts start to feed in to the into the earnings so and um and the rest of the travel sector is like way higher like these guys have got no debt like they're um, yeah right so they're, they're and i don't i'm not entirely sure why they've been trading at such a discount but i i, I think morgan um uh, Morgan Stanley, I believe, um, released uh, an update on them about a week and a half ago with a $29 price target. They're trading at like 19 bucks, mm. so that's you know they're not they're not mucking around. Like there's, I think the consensus is around is above $25, so that's one. And then you have got lithium companies towards the end of the week next week as well. Um, Minres, um, PLs is on Thursday. Albemarle had really good earnings reports. Um, in Canada, smashed expectations. Still, stock didn't really do too much, but mm. beat analyst expectations by a lot. Um, when Minres had their quarterly recently, they rallied significantly. So, yeah. I think the um, and we're starting to see a lot of talk about the lithium price bouncing um, as well. Just lithium boys back. Well, no, they're saying that um, the tipping point from excess um, inventories to them having to buy again has like they stockpiled up and they just haven't been buying which the yeah. price has gone down but apparently that literally over the last two weeks they are saying, and i'm not saying this is definitely true because a lot of information that comes out of china can be pretty you know <laughs> pretty manipulated but you know they're, they're, there is a lot of reports around that particularly macquarie Bank saying that those tipping points will turn around so if those guys remain profitable the decent outlooks um you know, and another one of your favourites, Kai Ebo, next week as well on Wednesday. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, look, earnings season. We got public holiday Monday for President's Day. Um, so it, we and not a lot of economic data. So I dare say, you know, it's going to be laser focused on um, on those earnings. So.
0: But overall, what who do you think will win, um, bulls or the bears next week?
1: Um, I, look, the tipping point for me was like the, the Russell has been the best index this week I think that um, I I think the broader market will go okay and the but the Mag 7 might pull back so it'll probably look bad because the Mag 7 is so huge but I think that small caps those little the the smaller ones with the but like good companies like people in you know like that have got you know quality I think the rubbish will still get sold off um, and they'll probably get hurt badly Mm. in, in earnings season but I think that it'll be where the, the quality companies shine through. So I'm a bit of I'm like foot in each camp. I've got to say, but more from a broader market perspective, um, very happy to be taking profits. Um, we've had a great run recently, and we're just happy to be on the sell side. And, and as we said before, remaining agile. So I'm um, I'm not I'm not bearish, but I'm like I'm I'm cautious.
0: You have it, yeah.
1: So and then obviously we still got the fear and greed index at like seventy seven. So it's still, it's, yeah. It's still, So we still we had
0: we had literally one day of the bear market, and we you know when the yeah. Nasdaq was down two we percent, we're like, okay, well is it going to continue? The next day just rubbed it off. The market yeah, <laughs> does not want to see it.
1: And, and you just got like there's not a lot of put coverage to the downside mm. and things like it's kind of setting up that it could it could fall, but. I would have thought CPI did it, but you know, it's a it's a hard thing. I I, I would be we we I mean, we're positioned in a way that if the market turns on us, yeah. Well, we we know what we need to sell, and we'll be back to cash, and we can try to take advantage of it. That's the best way to be because God, it, it could go another five percent, or it could stop, or it could go sideways for two months. Who knows? But but I think the main point is be plan like have a plan before it happens because if you try to react when it happens that's when you're going to make mistakes. Mm. So, but um, I would expect next week in Australia, it'll be super patchy. Um, in the US, I think we'll probably see a trend. This is a trend continue. I think the Russell, the smaller caps will start to do well and you'll start to see some profit taking in the MAG-7. So I think the Bears will probably... The Bears will win on an index level next week. <laughs> what about yeah, nice. you?
0: I I think um, the, the I'm still on the bullish side. I think there's still momentum to mm. go through, especially with the Aussie earnings coming through, once that finishes off, but it really needs a catalyst to kind of have a sustained bear market, you know. Um, I think if we continue to get these economic figures, which are better than expected, you know, we could see that, you know, the rates stay higher for longer and that's really what causes, or maybe potentially in the treasury markets, we see yields mm. going up again. And that that might put a bit of fear in the markets again, but you know, really, yeah.
1: Treasury yields rallied 25 basis points this week. Yeah. And then they have worse economic numbers. They're still buying. So look, I mean, as I said, like I'm on the bear, I'm on the bearish side. But mm. I, you know, I'm not bold enough to. I certainly wouldn't be bold enough to short it. That's for sure. It's
0: hard, to kill that bull.
1: Hard to kill that bull. <laughs> well, um, everyone, thanks for listening. We're, we will, uh, yeah, see you next time, same time next week.
0: Take, take care and stay safe.